Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Gaberhood. I am your host, Ed Wilson from Brown Bear Coaching. This is an inclusive podcast for exploring gay male lives to help us find ourselves, each other, and our own place in the global Gaberhood. Uh, at the time of recording this, I have a cold, uh, so forgive my nasally voice. And it's something else I want to get off my chest. I feel that in this episode, I'm learning and growing as a host. I could have done a much better job of getting Phil to the hard-hitting, excellent content that he absolutely delivers. Um, But it's kind of long and meandering, and that's on me. So if you find this one a bit long and meandering, skip right ahead to about 50 minutes where we start talking about shame. It is just so on point, and he has a lot to offer. I would hate for anyone to miss uh, that section. Uh, But if you enjoy the whole thing, excellent. I do too. Phil is an absolutely wonderful guy. I really appreciate him taking the time. The work that he does is extremely important and his life story is fascinating just as it is. So, I really hope you enjoy this episode as always and uh, take care out there. All right, let's start with introductions. Phil, what are some things you would like listeners to know about you? What, I, what I've landed on, Ed, is that I'm a study in like human contradiction. And so I am um, a, a cisgendered white male. I'm like you, Australian, and I was born in the late 70s. So I'm, I'm in my mid-40s at the moment. I am a dad. I'm a partner. I've been a husband. I'm me. I'm me. That's, that's like the easiest way of answering that I'm me. Straight at the top, gayberhood. It's all about gay and queer community. So when I say the words gay community, gay community, what comes up for you? What, what the hell does that mean to you? Ah, <laughs> uh, love it. Love it. Yeah, I want to add an S to that. Like an IES, um, like gay communities? Gay communities. Gay communi- gays. As opposed community? to gays. <laughs> yeah. Gays communities. Uh, no, gay communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I feel strongly, actually, mm-hmm. paying attention to what's happening now, feel really strongly that there is, like a gay community does us a disservice and gay communities mean that we can belong to a number of different places and spaces mm. in different communities, not exclusively gay, not exclusively mm. queer, mm. but it allows us to be in community when we think of community as communities. Are you part of several different gay communities? Which ones do you care about? What, is gay, what are your gay communities? I don't know if I really am. Mm. So I'm here in Canberra and one of the, the, the things like in my life is that I have spent the last over 20 years moving from place to place to place and spending like three years, no, really no longer than three years in any one place. And that was through my work and my former wife's work. And it had us living all over the world in lots of different places. 
But one of the things that I missed is feeling like I belonged in one place. And one of the advantages of that is that is the feeling that I belong in the world, absolutely belong in the world, but I don't really feel like I belong in any one place. Mm. So, you know, over that last, over those, the, the past 23 years, I have lived, I moved to Canberra from Melbourne where I was studying and then got a job in Canberra. I lived in Canberra for a few years. Then we moved to Venezuela for a few years and then back to Canberra for a few years, then to Darwin for a few years, then to Vietnam, to Ho Chi Minh City for a few years, back to Canberra for a few years, Seoul for three years, yeah, Wellington in New Zealand for three years, and then here and been back in Canberra now since January 21. Oh, my God. You're the, you're the I've been everywhere, man, guy. Well, yeah, I think, you know, there's there's songs and stuff about that. And and that that whole thing has has really affected how I am, you know, how I am in the world and I how bet. I am in me. Yeah. But when it comes to community, like my community often has been made up of people living that life like I have and no real fixed address, but you know, we we have each other. However, now that I'm back in Canberra and no intentions of moving anywhere um, anytime soon, at least while while the kids are at school, really working to putting in the effort to to put down roots, proper roots here rather than just a permanent mailing address. And that's what you want to do at this point, right? You, that's an urge that you feel that's something that you want in your life. But absolutely, it, it's it's been you know like I don't think anyone has had a really sort of normal life over 2020, 21, and, and now into 22, um, and trying to do that, you know, while, while you know, living, living the time of COVID, it's, it's not necessarily been, been, been easy. But No, I bet. Play, you know, sport with, uh, like, tennis with a, um, a local pink tennis group. So I think, you know, for now that's, you know, in terms of a, a gay or queer space, that's that's yep. one, but uh, yep. a lot of the spaces that I occupy are online. Ah, uh, yes, we'll get to that shortly. You were talking about being in all these different places around the world. You were going around with your wife. Were you out at the time? You know, these weren't gay communities and spaces, right? Mm. This was just your recent history and where you were. Yeah. What What was that like? When did you come out? Uh, so I came out to my former wife in 2017 so i was 40 and it was while we were living in korea so for korea like when we were in seoul that was for for my job and yeah i sort of had been wrestling for a very long time so almost 30 years at that point mm. with the the thoughts and feelings that that i kind of might have probably but probably not didn't want to be gay probably Come on, yeah, <laughs> and and you know did a uh, I reckon a pretty good job of passing as a straight man. Yeah, yeah, it got to that point, and and I feel that we all get to this point at different stages. Mm. The effort, the effort to maintain, felt way harder than any kind of effort to change. Yeah, the tipping point. Mm, that tipping point. Yeah. 
So when you came out in Korea, did this enable yep. you to start socializing with like other expats or diplomats or, or were there any other gay men around you or was it just the tipping point solo? I, you know, from my knowledge, Korea doesn't have a huge, hugely no. inclusive, vibrant gay scene. I think it has a bar no. or two in Seoul, which is an absolute metropolis. Mm. What was it like for you? This, this is kind of the curious thing about me, I feel, is that while I'm gay, I'm also a dad. Mm. Um, so I've got two teenage sons, they're twins. Yeah, like, you know, part of part of being me is that, you know, I'm a parent. And exploring sort of my sexuality was not really, you know, like I'm still was still married um mm. at that time. And, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to come out and and be out because I was cowardly and I wanted to do it because I was courageous I did something courageous and so I was very open and honest with my wife she was very open and honest with me and we had you know amazing amazing kind of kind of conversations and you know our 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 relationship actually got deeper and stronger um because I came out mm. which is something that I never could have have imagined <laughs> would would ever have happened yeah and um but yeah essentially i was showing up in the relationship as me yeah finally and finally, finally. Yeah. and i was sort of getting to, to 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 know me but at the time i had a big job like a very busy job yeah and two sons and yeah i was a dad a husband and you know i was traveling a lot i yeah. was working a lot and so your social life wasn't your priority and that was okay with you? Well, not, no, no, it wasn't okay with me at all. Uh -huh. And because, but not purely for, for my sexuality reasons, but, you know, that was a, a whole sort of uh, another kind of point in my story that I'm like, no, this, this can't go on. This can't go on. I can't just sort of wake up, exercise go to work, work, like be torn asunder a couple of different ways all day, every day, mm. and then return home, you know, eat, watch TV and go to sleep. Like mm. that can't be, that can't be life. Yeah. And yeah, so it was, it was more of the, the, the realization that there was a whole lot of stuff in life that really needed thorough review. Mm. Call that a midlife crisis if we yeah. want. Yeah, go on. Let's do it. Yeah, all right. Yeah. But I, I, I prefer the midlife re-evaluation. Oh, okay. Oh, very yeah. mm, smooth. <laughs> Things aren't going off the rails. We're just re-evaluating, guys. We're, we're having Come a, on now. A calm re-evaluation. Oh, yeah. Oh, gorgeous. Had one of them last summer with Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, that's like and and that's present progressive. It still goes on and and I'm I'm here for it. I'm like Let's constantly just yes. shake shit up. Let's question yes. it all. Let's let's you know. Every day is a reevaluation. What am I doing today? Exactly. What do I want today? Is my exactly. life going the way I want it to today? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Love that. Yeah. 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 I'm having yeah, a constant midlife crisis, and I'm not even middle aged yet, or am I? Da, yeah. da, well, da. this is the thing we never know. I heard something <laughs> about a quarter life crisis. Oh yeah, that's real. The old man in me is like, what? Oh fuck off, youngins! You got nothing to complain about. <laughs> which at that point I realized that I was beginning to sound like my dad. Yeah. That's when you realize you were definitely middle-aged. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I was about to yell out, get off my lawn. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the quarter-life crisis. I don't know. I think personally, you know, I'm 33, so I'm a bit younger than you. Did I have a quarter-life crisis? Kind of, but I think it was massively overshadowed by my uh, ever-ongoing gay-life crisis (laughs) that was always my journey. I was having a crisis. Not a crisis. I was having a re-evaluation like every year or so, I guess. That's healthy. Yeah, I think so. I can't remember a quarter-life crisis, though. I don't think that happened for me, per se. I wonder, that's a really good thing. Like, I wonder you saying that my younger self is like going, yeah, that could have been really handy for me. And I think at many, many different- You wish you had one. Well, many different opportunities. Like, I was having one. Like, I think we all do. Mm. You know, we, we and I was saying this in a coaching call last night, actually, that we, we are faced with so many decision points where, you know, we're at that fork in the road. Mm. And if we want to talk, you know, about the matrix or something, but, you know, red pill, blue pill, or, you know, the the the, the path that we have not tried yet or, mm. or the, the well-worn path, there was, there was many, many, many instances mm. where I took the choice of what I thought I needed to do or what I should do or what I thought others expected that I should do. Yep. Don't rock the boat, straight and narrow, keep it steady. So you had a lot yeah. of crossroads, but you constantly chose to keep walking straight ahead. Straight. Ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the one of the things that that then and I'm really visual, Ed, one of the things that sort of always plays into mind is that, you know, when you're at that at that crossroad and you you go left and you know, tempted to go right, but right looks pretty scary mm. and you don't know what it looks like or how it's going to end up. So you go left, mm. trying again. Like left is a, just a big circle. And it, you 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 like you might go for a little while, and then you find yourself back at those those, those crossroads, the same crossroads. Hmm. And then each time you go left, the cross like the the circle becomes smaller hmm. and smaller and smaller. You find yourself faster back at the same problem. Yeah, faster and back, and then it gets so small that essentially you're just doing it three sixty on your heel perpetually. Yeah, you're just spinning on the spot. Yeah, and then you just go okay. This can't stop. This, this. Oh, sorry, this can't go on. No, I'm getting very way. dizzy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, completely lost and disorientated and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Until so you go, all right, like I'm spinning, or I could go right. That's the tipping point again, right? I always think we always do exactly what we want to do. You think you made a choice, but I'm not so sure. I think you did exactly what you wanted to do and you had a reason to do every single thing that you've ever done. And also choosing not to do something is also a choice, even if it's not an active choice. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, no choice. I can't agree more. Like no mm-hmm. choice is still a choice. Yep. And we're constantly at the crossroads. The cross, the left and right are always right next to us every second, every moment of every day. You can get up right fucking now and quit your job if you want to. Get up right fucking now and come out if you want to. The question is, do you want to? When, if ever, did you realize that you were different? Different. Oh, God. Are you different? Do you consider yourself different? I considered myself different. Tell us about that. Present tense. Like, like I'm unique like everyone else is. Yeah, yeah. We're both extremely well-adjusted, self-loving, perfect men, right? But 
<laughs> once upon a time, we weren't. You had me until perfect. I'm oh, come on. That. Aren't we both life coaches? We've got it all sorted, man. We know everything. <laughs> we don't have problems. We feel good every day. Like you've oh, seen Ed. ads. You've seen ads oh. for American drugs. We are the actors. We're flying the kites every day. We don't get sick. Oh, if only it was true. No, no, actually, I don't want that to be true at all. Like, I'm, I'm so in the business of living my life. I'm oh, I'm not. here for the negative experiences. God, we're such coaches. Shut up. Stop being so well-adjusted. I want to hear about your gay life story. <laughs> I want to bookmark that because I've got some real shit that I want to talk about on that. Um, all right, I'm going to write it down. Which, or yeah, was it yeah, negative right. life experiences I want to feel them, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So when I knew I was different, I reckon it was probably when I was in primary school. Mm-hmm. What age? I want to say, I don't know, just for the sake of the story, like nine, nine or 10. So that's maybe like year four, year five. Yep. And so I grew up in a tiny, tiny country town in the Riverina of New South Wales. Mm-hmm. So outside about, I don't know, 40 minutes drive outside of Wagga uh, and about 100 k's north of the Victorian-New South Wales border. Okay. So this is this is hours from any major city, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so Sydney's like six hours drive away, Melbourne's four. There you go. Canberra's like three and a half hours. Yeah, proper bush. Proper. And, and like, you know, your, your, your listeners, like, if they just look at their table, like table or a kitchen bench near them, that's as hilly as my hometown generally is. <laughs> yep. Um, and so it's lots of farms, lots of I don't know, like sheep, wheat, and kangaroos, and mm. very big skies there. Mm. So the the I went to a, a Catholic school, like Catholic primary school, and there were like 90 kids there when I was there. There were 10 other kids in my year level. I was related to most of them, they were my cousins. Okay, there's no joke there. You just were cousins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So there was like where I grew up was AFL territory. So Australian football territory. Yep. Overball. And yep. yeah, so you know, salt of the earth, best game ever. Um, but <laughs> yep. I just I didn't like to play it. Didn't mm. like it at all. And and all the all the boys around me were like so into AFL. Yeah. And some of them were so into AFL that they actually became really quite famous football players when they were older. Mm. So I, I, I realised that, you know, I, I hated it. I, I really didn't enjoy it. Like playing kick to kick was just like, can we go to the dentist? Yeah, please? this sucks. I'm so playing. bored. I don't feel good. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's like, oh, good. Kick, like market, kick it. Kick it, market. Like, and market know, means catch for our international catch, yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> For, for those not educated in in the ways of Australian football, mm. but how dare you? <laughs> I know. I know. If, 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 do such people exist? But uh, I hope not. Yeah, but I remember. I remember. And this is really vivid. There was one time. One time. I don't re- recall playing this ever before. But there was netball going on. So the girls played netball. Boys boys played footy. Yep. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play netball. Like I think someone like they were down someone. So they're like, you know, do you want to play? Mm. I'm like, okay. And I don't even think I got through the whole lunchtime and the principal of the school came over to me and like loomed over me. I'm a kid. Mm. He loomed over me and he, he said really loudly. I remember it really loudly. Mm. Boys don't play netball. Boys don't play netball. Boys play football. You must tomorrow bring your football gear 
to play football with the other boys. You must. And he called home to tell my mum. No way. Yeah, that, Fucking you know, hell. he let that I needed to uh, pack it. So mum's like, in my mind, I've kind of got like that Marge Simpson, you know, oh, yeah. concern sound. And <laughs> she's like, yeah, okay, yeah, like, you know, good luck. Yeah, yep. right. Yeah. And so I remember like in, and being in the change room the next day and stuff, just feeling not at all comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like did not get the point of like standing in mud when it was cold. Yeah. Chasing after a football and stuff and like, you know, let yeah. them have fun. But this wasn't my fun and, and I yeah. hated it. I and hated you were the it. only boy that felt that way? Um, I, I'm pretty sure I wasn't, but it felt like I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, and, our stories are the same. I, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but like, no, yeah, no, no, no. I the same. Not you know, I didn't get you know controlled by the principal, but every boy wanted to play footy at recess and lunch. I'm like, fuck, I can't make friends with anyone. I fucking hate doing that thing. I don't know yeah. why people love it. My older brother uh, loved it. There are yes, gay guys out there who love it, which is great, but it's not me. Um, no, and not it me. made me feel different too. I just felt different, and it was horrible. Yeah. And so fast forward, like, yeah. so that was, you know, don't fit in, you know, I need to stop doing girl things. Like, I can't believe it. Like, you know, just, just, you know, the 45 year old in me, the logical part in me is just like, going, what the fuck? Like 2022, this is like 1986. So mm. it would have been like 1986, 87. Mm. And, you know, the world has changed a bit. I cannot imagine a Thanks male a principal looming over a boy in the middle of a playground mm. saying you need to stop, essentially being a pansy. Yeah. I bet you it still happens. I bet you it does. Just hardly anywhere near as much. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I just pity, 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 and just want to wrap the kid who is experiencing that in an enormous hug. Kick the principal in the balls and say, get a fucking education. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like maybe maybe learn some stuff before you teach others. That would yeah. be really great. Or stop trying to control all of humanity based on your narrow set of like skills and interests. Exactly. Or understandings and interests, sorry. Just because exactly. life works your way for you doesn't mean you get to impose it on everybody else. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And so fast forward a few years, like I then went to a boarding school when mm. I was 12 mm. in year seven, so mm -hmm. at the start of high school. Mm -hmm. And it was four hours drive away um, from from home. So essentially, I left home when I was twelve. Mm. Catholic boarding school, all boys boarding, uh, co-ed sort of day school. But the the school that I went to is like nicknamed the football factory. Oh yeah, because a lot of the the guys would get drafted into AFL teams. And, um, yeah, like I played footy there, but, God, I hated it. You're a real misfit. Yeah. Yeah, shit. Yeah. That sucks. I was the smart kid. I was the, you know, I was kid picked last for sports or whatever. And so it basically it generated this whole narrative in my mind that, you know, I needed to to be accepted. I needed to to, to fit in. Yeah. Or fit, fit in or excel at something else? Yeah. Good question. I'm going to say fit in. So did you try? So did you try to play footy and did you manage to fit in? Uh, tr tried to play footy, didn't fit in. Oh, great. <laughs> At least you tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, you know, the, 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 on, the, on the bench, 
for the B team. Oh, great. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like, and that was oh. okay with me. Yeah, okay, great. That was that was okay with because I really didn't want to play. Like cricket, however, like not, love not so playing bad. cricket. Okay, that great. was great. Yeah. Like quite a quite a handy bowler. But oh, nice. Did you get to enjoy the oranges at halftime? You know, the cut up oranges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty like, great. That, it wasn't was, all bad. That though. was that was the best bit, and you know, using them as mouth guards. <laughs> I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Cool. Uh, yeah, never really fit in. Um, but that's when I. That's sort of the the, the memory of of when that kind of started. Yeah, for sure. When did you understand that you were gay, G-A-Y gay? Mm. Is there another way of spelling gay? Just out of interest. G-H-E-Y, gay. (laughs) (laughs) I think when I was around 14. How did you realise? Like, what did you see or learn? Did someone say something? Did someone explain something? What? How how did you know? Hmm. I don't think I knew. I think it was like the suspicion. Well, I mean, the concept of gay. Can't remember? When looking uh, particularly at like porn, porn magazines back in those days, this is pre-internet. Pre-internet. But, yeah, I wasn't really looking at the girls. Yeah, so you'd see the guy and your eyes got drawn to the the dick. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Oh God, did that ever happen to me? My brother's Playboy, <laughs> and they were both shaven as well. And I'd never, I don't think I'd ever seen adults without pubes. Um, uh, and the dude's yep. massive cock, just my eyeballs couldn't come off it. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Similar yeah. experience? Similar, similar. And then, you know, it's the, the whole, you know, underwear area of like, yeah, Kmart and Big W whatever. and Target. Like, yeah. you know, the 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 um brochures, like the the ads that came in newspapers, like you know, some like stores having a sale and underwear was on special and looking at the models and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and and just sort of not real like being comfortable in more comfortable socially around women but not really wanting to be with women in the same way that yeah other guys were but so without pinpointing an exact time you kind of were, were aware that you're lining up with these concepts you're interested in also in boys um you're more comfortable with girls you wanted to play netball you don't like football and these were these all um consistent with a concept that you'd heard was spelt gay gay and that that might be you and then you had doubt mm. yeah Okay. Yeah. So somehow, some yeah. some way, somehow, you knew what gay meant. You knew that maybe it was you, and you started to question, but you weren't sure at that point. And you were what, fourteen? Yeah, fourteen. Um, and really quickly, the whole like the question was never answered because the quest the, the the question or the answers were always denied. You mean you never got the chance to test it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even at your Catholic all boys boarding school. Yeah. Not what yeah. I've heard from other Catholic all boys boarders. <laughs> well, well, not without exception. Uh-huh. You know, there were there were ex- there were exceptions there, but okay. it is, you know, one of one of those things like, you know, this is so when I was 14, it was like 1991. Mm. And I remember being gay was was like you were going to get AIDS and die. Yeah. Oh fuck, yeah, of course. That's that's exactly your timeline. You're you're going to get AIDS and die. You were diseased. You yeah. were immoral. 
Yeah. Don't forget you're a sissy faggot. Yeah. Yeah. They, everyone said that. People said that loudly and proudly. You could condemn yep. a sissy or a faggot anytime you wanted out yep. loud and no one would complain. And, and well, not just complain, be applauded. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, man. And, I'm so and, sorry. And rewarded. Yeah. So, yeah, it's made me who I am now. Yeah. Which helps me show up in the world. So, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't want anyone else to go through it, but. There we go. Yeah. Well, I guess you wouldn't wish it on someone, right? You don't wish suffering on somebody. But there is something. When you take everything that has happened to you and you turn it into your story, you accept it and you step into the responsibility for being who you are, it does become your armor. It does become your firepower. It makes you who you are. It gives you an understanding about yourself that is much wider, broader, and perhaps stronger than it would have been otherwise. So, mm-hmm. you know- would you wish all of those benefits on somebody? Yes. It's really hard to know. I think I said in another episode, it's like this concept that perhaps we should send kids out to their own like gay teasing version of Sparta. Like didn't Spartans used to send out like eight, nine-year-old boys to go hunt wolves and like they either died or they came back a man or something. Like we should just yeah. tease all the little boys and harden them up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm, like uh, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Maybe in a like, I think- being a dad, oh yeah, it is really it is really hard when a child of yours, or you know, chi- like a child in your life mm. who you love, mm. um, is having a tough time, mm. and the thing you want to do most is kick some heads in and yeah. fix it. And protect them, yeah. Yeah. The thing that you mustn't do is protect them. Hmm. Um, and so I've started saying this to to our 15-year-olds now, hmm. is that, you know, it's really shit. Like how, what you're experiencing, that's horrible. I understand how horrible it is. And potentially, you know, share a, a time from, from the olden days when I was their age. Mm. Um, according to them, that you know, <laughs> like this is how I understand because this this happened for like this happened to me. Yeah, and so replace Instagram with you know constant taunting at school and in the dorm, and the only respite that I would ever get would be when I was asleep, mm. and then even then I had to sleep kind of very lightly with one eye open. To make sure that you know I wasn't essentially beaten up oh, God. while I was asleep. Yeah, and I learned very quickly to make myself a small target. Yeah, I learned very quickly to lash out before I was hurt. So I actually turned into a bully. Oh God, it's just like prison. Yeah, it is. It oh, is. <laughs> like, God, it sounds like an episode of Prisoner. And, it sure does. <laughs> but 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 but. But it is, and and you know, Lord of the Flies meets prisoner kind of thing. But you know, when 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 our kids are you know going through tough times, like the message is, is like, you know, I would really love to fix this for you. I would love to do the thing or say the thing that makes you feel amazing right now. But I can't. You need to experience this. But I'm right here. I'm right by your side doing yeah. this. Yeah. I'm here. Jeff, my partner's here. Their mum's here grandparents are there like they've got a solid team around them and some really good friends Mm -hmm. um around them that you know and and unfortunately like we need to learn these life lessons 
for ourselves. For ourselves, and yep. and often during our teenage years, when that's that's when we learn stuff. Yeah, that's the time when life sucks the most, so that you can learn. <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. God, yeah, it's it's, it's true. a shit way of learning it, but it's pretty effective. Yeah, it's extremely effective. Well, I hope it is effective and I hope it's effective for your children and I wish them well as well. It sounds like a lovely way to parent and I'm glad they've got you. Someone, you know, is so familiar with these difficult things and navigating them and showing up as you, being really, really authentic and real. I can't imagine anything more real and authentic than a gay dad who like came out at some point during their children's childhood because it's such a huge and monumental, crazy thing to do, but it's uh, one of these kind of supreme acts of of authenticity and realness, and it's a total demonstration to your children. This is who I really am. This is what is really going on. I'm not going to pretend anymore. And hey, by the way, kids, if you go through anything of this nature at all, please show up, be you, bring you. I love you. Everything that you really are, believe me. I already love. So if you're worried about something, you're ashamed of something, something happened at school, you think your nose looks ugly, believe me, I don't give a shit. I love yeah. you. Please just show up. Yeah. And and that's the thing is like letting them know and creating the space for them to find out Yeah, how much they're loved. Oh, that's delightful. So, yeah. And, and not only that. Mm. for 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 kids but it's for those i call them you know the people who are most important to you Mm. and so that could be you know husband partner you know boyfriends like close friends whatever it is yeah brother holding that same space yeah um for everybody but also critically for myself oh yep we need reminding even as life coaches yeah (laughs) yeah god i need like daily Frequent daily reminders. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I'm reading RuPaul's book at the moment, and uh, he, she does too. It's one of his things. Is like every day is Groundhog Day, and you've got to wake up and remind yourself. And he says, every time I say, everybody say love, I'm saying it to myself again and reminding yeah. myself again. And it's okay to be in this perpetual state of that. It fucking works for me. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. No, every, every it's the fork in the road moment. Every single time, always yeah. choose love. Yeah, 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 yeah. Instead of that, I, I choose me. I find when I dig into me, I scratch the surface of me, I find love. Ooh. Mm. I like that. Yeah. When you really sit with yourself and look inside, what do you find? Is that a question to me? That's a, that's a, that's a rhetorical question for everybody. Okay, good, good. So like, um, uh... We'll talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to get on to the next topic, which is back yeah. to gay stuff generally, but today. So when I say gay stuff, right, could be anything, but obviously it has something to do with being gay or queer. Yep. Is there any gay stuff that you're like into today, whether it's a community or, or a consumable item or anything at all? Um, Porn? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Porn's one. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I have to say like on, on porn. It was so forbidden mm. for such a long time and something to be so, like, shame-riddled, mm. shame-riddled 
mm. and kind of go on these porn benders mm. and then go like make that promise and like, well, that's wrong. I'm never doing that again. Yeah. And, you know, find myself spinning around and around and around at that fork in the road. Um, <laughs> and back to the laptop again. Yeah. And, and, and now like it's, it's open and accepted and, mm. you know, a tool of connection. Cause, you know, I, I, you know, am, am more aware of why I'm using it. And it's almost like a celebration mm. of my sexuality. Mm. That uh, that that so so yeah the, the the relationship to porn using it rather than being consumed by it mm. is uh, has been a really sort of powerful kind of realignment. Oh, big time! I think I think <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. And for example, here's something that happened two days ago to me. I for the first time in my life, I was like, hey, I never look up Australian guys. I really uh. want to. I was like, I want to hear their voices. I want to know that they're like me. I want to know that maybe they grew up near where I did or had a similar life to me. And I fucking found it and it was amazing. Yeah. And yeah. it felt like a celebration. And I was like, no, I, you know, I'm choosing this and going here now because this is exactly what I want. And I want it to be like me. I want it to look familiar. I want to know that these are my guys and they're enjoying getting naked and fucking. Uh, and that, yeah. So, that felt like uh, a deliberate choice and a celebration of my sexuality rather than my typical pattern, which is more like, all right, how am I going to get this done the most effective way possible again today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, and yeah, like being a, a conscious consumer. Oh yeah. Of porn and erotic material. Yeah. Big time. Love it. I'm like, I'm, you know, like there's toys, like totally fine with it. Like I, um, like Jeff, my partner, and I, mm. God, I hope, like, you know, the kids never listen to this because that's got to be deeply scarring. Daddy's about to talk about some dirty, dirty things. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful celebration. Of, oh, not when it's your, your literal daddy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, on that, on that, I hate being called a daddy, like oh. gay daddy. I'm like, no, fuck that. I already am a dad. Do you think it's a shame thing? Because you're relating it to the fact that you are a parent. Well, yeah, I'm just like, no, actually, I, I like, you know, you are not my child. I already have two of my own. Um, yeah. It, but can't like, they be your fantasy? Not not your... It, this is a funny thing, isn't it? So many guys are into the daddy-son or daddy-boy thing, but it's not about being each other's family. It's about the power dynamic. Exactly. No, and, and which which for me, like, no, like the the... The eroticism too familiar. It's too too close to something else within you that's too important to sexualize. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But equality to me, like mm. meeting is equals. Yeah, that to me is really that's really sexy. Ah, like so, like seeing each other as humans, seeing each other as men. Yeah, seeing each other like. Not, not like without pretense, because mm. I'm I've been surrounded, and I'm sure so many of us. I don't like it when people speaking the third person mm. about something. So I'm going to say me. I don't like being surrounded by people who are not necessarily pretentious, but are wearing masks. Life's too short for that shit. Yeah, and frankly, I feel like I could see straight through it. I would much rather have a meeting of 
a meeting of people, meeting of men, physically, mentally, emotionally. Mm-hmm. And doesn't mean that we need to, you know, sit around and and you know have incense burning and chant and yes, all it that does. kind of stuff. Yes, but, we need to mash our it- noses and our foreheads together like Eskimos. <laughs> summon, summon the gay male gods of peace and wellness, and sit for two for hours. You, yeah, if that does it for you, do it. Please <laughs> do it. It does not do it for me. Oh, I would much rather have just a uh, like, you know. Have like be with someone, be with someone yeah. without pretense. Okay, so you, for you, the daddy son thing takes you away from who you are and being very alive and present in the moment. You're pretending to be something that you're not. It's a label, and I'm done with labels. I'm done with labels. But what if what if someone's real authentic self is when I'm getting pounded, I love nothing more than to feel in my soul like I am the maybe not the possession, but like the smaller partner to this big man who is loving yep. me really hard in my butt. Good for them. Yeah. If it's authentic, it's fine, yeah. If it's if it's if it's them, but if it's if it's performative. Yeah, fuck it off. Yeah. Don't pretend. No masks. I agree. Yeah. Hard for everyone yeah. to achieve, but I, I totally, totally agree. Yeah. And, and like, don't get me wrong. Like, when being pounded or pounding, mm. like, great. You're a big pounding fan. Pounding, pounded, pounding. Yes. I, I see why you didn't want your kids to listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, right? All right, like, cool. and And, like... And 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 honestly, like you know, when being in the closet for a very long time, yeah, having having sex now with my partner Jeff is just finally. I feel like it is something that is. Uh, how do I? How am I trying to describe this? Like, I don't feel like I'm doing something wrong in my head. Like, there's no guilt. There's no shame. So you want to have sex where you don't feel like you're doing something wrong in your head. So, so you know, like I was married to my awesome, beautiful wife for 16 and a half years and we yep. were together for almost 20. Yep. She's still like, I love her dearly. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, and our relationship has evolved. Mm. We're no longer, well, still legally married, soon to be officially divorced. Mm. But been separated now for almost three years, mm. and you know, still firmly in each other's corner, still each other's like cheer squad. Yeah, still everything. We just do not live together. We don't share the same bed. Yeah, and you know, our lives ha- are, are evolving, but we're still, you know, she's the kids' mum. I'm their dad. Jeff's their stepdad. Really, for for want of a better term. Yeah, you know, the 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 relationship has evolved. Like I'm going to say, sex with her was great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, knowing that, you know, like the, the being racked with guilt and shame when I would, you know, go to a beach or go to a gym mm. and see a very attractive man mm. and go, oh, no, I shouldn't be looking at that. Mm. Now I'm like nudging Jeff going, look at him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's all right, isn't he? Mm. That actually being not, not necessarily like celebrated, mm. um, but that not being wrong. Yeah, that being okay, that being a normal, yeah, like expression of my sexuality. Yeah, absolutely. I love to just celebrate that and just 
be in that moment. I encourage me and my boyfriend to do the same thing, just to not feel bad about it, to just say, hey, how do you feel about that guy? Is that all of your feelings? Do you have any other weird, funny, interesting tingles going on? Like, And let it be okay. Yeah, Because it never was. It was never, no one ever told us that this could be okay. And, and what they did tell us is you're going to get AIDS and die. Yep. 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 Or that, you know, you're evil and you're oh. going to hell. Yeah. And you're hurting everybody. And by the way, sorry for all the massive weather events um, over the past <laughs> several years. It's just, it's just, I really like sex. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I knew that it would happen. I was just like, oh, I just really like And you like just got to keep it in your pants. I, oh. <laughs> keep it in your pants, keep your business to yourself, mm. and climate change will go away. Hurricane Katrina, notable people's <laughs> deaths, you know, the inevitable yeah. resurgence of the Antichrist. We're charging like the world's giant battery, right, that is powered yeah. by gay sex. Yeah. Uh, for evil. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For, yeah. Oh. Like, you know, cabals and all that kind of stuff. So it's good that you went to a Catholic primary school so that you could learn about this early so that you could avoid it happening. Well, exactly. Well, not only I didn't <laughs> go to a, to a Catholic primary school, went to a Catholic boarding school and yeah. lived at a Catholic college at uni. Yep. So for, for all of that, for all of that, mm. I've been struggling to think of any kind of overt messages that are received from from the the orders that ran the institutions that I lived at. Mm. And I don't recall it. I honestly don't recall it. And nothing explicit. No, nothing. No, nothing explicit. So yeah. it was more your you know, principal said enough, man. Well, yeah. Don't you think? You know, never that, that was enough. But the, the behavioral modifiers came from peers. Ah. So they were that you know they called you sissy they called you faggot they yeah. they policed yeah, yeah, your behaviour yeah. for you on behalf yeah. of everybody else yeah, yeah. <laughs> but one but one of the things that you know that I'm I'm very grateful for from my education and growing up Catholic like like so many Australians I did not choose I did not tick a religion on 2021 uh, census yeah and you know my kids asked the other day and I'm like well no it's Grew up Catholic, but I'm um, not now. Mm. But like, is the is the 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 power of essentially social justice? So I was very, and I am very grateful, very 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 grateful for the 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 education that I got in which instilled in me not necessarily Catholicism to convert the godless heathens, but to use your talents, call them God-given, call them whatever, your talents, your interests, your skills for the service of others. Yeah. This is just a humanist thing. This, yeah. this, this taps into my coaching a, a lot. If you don't believe in anything bigger than you, and it, I use the word believe loosely, yeah. you become the center of the universe. And I don't care about religion and spirituality. That's not true. You exactly. are not the center of the universe, but if you don't ever step back from you and look at the bigger picture and consider that the universe is going on all around you and you are not the center of it, you're going to find yourself at the center and that's going to be very painful because absolutely everything is your fault, your responsibility, and everything is chock full of meaning and it is a difficult, heavy, full of burden way to live. You're bound for disappointment. If you show up in the service 
like show up like as you, not show up pretending to be someone or something else, but show up. So yeah. I'm going to bring this yeah. into the first person. Yeah, I'm committed to showing up imperfectly as yeah. me yeah. in the service of others where I see a need. Yeah, where I feel that my skills, my interests, all align in the service of others, and profoundly grateful for the many, many, many people in my life uh, through my education and, and outside of the education who go who, who saw something in me and kindly, lovingly challenged me to like not sort of sort of withdraw within mm. um, and become the centre of my own universe, mm. but coax me out, coax me forward and, you know, and I guess in coaching parlance, you know, calling me forward, mm. um, but continually going, great, now what's next? Now, yeah. great, what's next? What have you learned? What yeah. can you do next? Yeah. Um, and it's only now that it's been, I don't know, 25 years since that ended that it's yeah. now beginning over the last few years to to really kind of fall into place it's always been there and i've always been doing it i just hadn't recognized it mm. and now being able to show up as i am which mm. includes now being gay mm. as often as the thing that we are so scared about ourselves is that often becomes our superpower yeah yeah so you've stepped into your potential and you're constantly on a quest to keep asking, what's next? What's my potential? What else could I be doing? How else could I be showing up to serve others and help and produce and care and protect and guide and nourish people that I yep. care about, which is yep. everybody. Serve, support, challenge, and inspire. Yeah. That's that's what I've narrowed it down to. Oh, just and all of those. God. Yeah. I know, I know. I'll leave, I'll leave <laughs> something for someone else to do. Can you stop writing uh, then, encyclopedias, okay? Jeez. <laughs> and then after lunch, I'm going to relax um, <laughs> after I finish the challenging, serving, supporting, and inspiring. But it is, yeah, like for me, you know, just to, 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 to finish that point, like so very grateful, very grateful for, for that, that kind of spirit of community. And this goes back to the community point. Mm -hmm. Like community is everywhere, wherever you want to find it, however you want to define it. Mm. Um, and, and I choose to, you know, like SBS, I don't know, do they still have that tagline for their news? News from, from around the world? Uh, news from home if you live in the world? Yes. Yes, I think yeah. they do. So this is the special yeah. broadcasting service, which is a government channel in Australia that was um, funded and developed and is run to embrace diversity and multiculturalism. Yeah. And specifically, like uh, different language groups in Australia. So you can there's world movies. There's 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 like I want to say, but it's a Spanish word, like soap operas, so telenovelas and stuff. But in in lots of different community languages, and their their news is in English, but like the main news is in English. But it's essentially all world news. Yeah. So it's news for you and news from home if you live in the world. Exactly. Yeah. So that that, that for me, that's that's my that's 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 community. It's like everything. Um, yeah. and everywhere, wherever I choose to find it, be they gay or not. Yeah. Everyone's my brother, sister, or non-binary special snowflake. Exactly. Every human is connected to me. All right, coach, take it easy. I'm glad your life's so <laughs> fucking good. Shut up. I want to hear about your shame. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
what's your relationship to shame like today? Oh, <laughs> if the whole pounding pounded um, is mm-hmm. not deeply concerning for my kids, um, the next one is surely going to send them over the edge. Oh, okay. Uh, and like not seismic level, hopefully. No, no seismic <laughs> level eye rolls and like size um, from the disaffected teenagers. But it, it it really is like shame and me are the best of frenemies. Ooh. And so for a very long time, maybe since I was around 14, I've had this, this, this voice like self-deprecation. And and the 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 voice, the feeling within me is that, you know, at its core, that I was not good enough. I was not good enough to be loved. I was not ever smart enough i was never never fit enough to be accepted i was never smart enough to be accepted i was never whatever whatever like tall enough buff enough tanned enough rich enough anything enough and would constantly be going into spaces into environments where i never felt that i fit in and the villain within me the self-deprecating villain within me loved to tell me about it love to tell me about it and and faster than a google search could remind me of how fucked up and stupid i was mm. and you know when 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 someone's like you know like in those those interactions those they and you, you you expect someone to be saying how are you going but they really ask like what time is it and you answer like uh i'm good thanks how are you mm. and you're just like it's not until like a few seconds later you're like um that would that was not the question asked. Like similar kind of situations to like that. My villain would just like go, oh fuck, you're an idiot. That's just like the time when this happened and this happened and this happened. Let me remind you of how stupid you are. Let me remind you how everybody doesn't like you. Mm. That and and you just really, he's doing it now, actually. Shut up. Stop talking. Mm. And to get my attention. The levers in my like physical levers that that my villain, which is shame, um, pulls within me is to make me less articulate. Mm. To put the words that I want to say, particularly if I'm really under stress, mm. put the words that I want to say to help dig me out of the mess, mm. just out of reach. So I kind of like a, uh, 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 I start to sweat under the armpits, mm. superhuman sweating. Mm. Heart racing, stomach clenched, eyes like just focused, fight or flight, and mm. generally it's a fight. Like I'm, I'm well, depending on the situation, it's it's sort of 50-50 fight or flight. Mm. So this is your shame response, and it's big because you you have a large amount of well, your shame villain is a he's a big powerful dude and he's been there a long time. He has several levers. One of them's yep. under your armpits. Yep. And you're being triggered into feeling shame a lot? I have. Have. Um, and, you know, I'm still not immune to it now. Yeah. But my relationship has changed. This is where the frenemy comes in. What triggers him to be like, ah? When I feel, when triggered, that I'm not enough. Yeah. Whatever enough is in that moment that I'm not. Mm. Or there's something wrong with you being you, doing yep. you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That I've I've accidentally, and this this is a huge fear, 
this is a huge fear is that I've said something and and this really does come from um from from boarding school mm. so some deeply scarring moments yeah of essentially on reflection you know were the games that teenagers play against each other like you've done something wrong i'm not talking to you right now until you work it out what you've said wrong and you apologize for it and it only wow and so many instances of that when I was at school um, and at other times, like I'm giving you the silent treatment. Uh, it's, it's this punishment. To unlock the silent treatment. Yeah. yeah. To unlock the silent treatment, you need to apologise exactly for what you've done wrong. Yeah. yeah. But I'm wow. not going to give you any any clues, any hints or anything yeah, yeah. like that. Oh, my God. And, and it anything triggers that kind you into, of triggers triggers that. Yeah, it, it it triggers you to uncover and examine everything you ever did to find the thing that was wrong. Yep. Oh God. Yeah, <laughs> that's powerful. And so, teenagers, you're amazing. I know. God, <laughs> thank God they don't rule the world like they think they do. <laughs> um, but like you know, so so for instance, Ed, like in in you know my relationship with with Jeff, mm. he you know like he's a human. He goes through stuff. He, you know, has has days where, you know, he's on. He has days where he just wants quiet and all that kind of stuff. All good. What I'm still learning about, though, mm. is when he's having a day where he wants to be quiet or needs to be quiet, not, not even a want, but needs to be quiet to replenish and, like, restore and restock, yep. sometimes my immediate default is, like, what have I done wrong? Yeah, yep guilty yeah and I've, I've i've spoken to to him about that and he's like no it's not you yeah like, you're good you're not god you're yeah. not like the center of your own universe <laughs> not everything is up to you <laughs> thanks for the reminder jeff yeah exactly so so the the, the 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 conversation then goes okay great not that your mood is about me now <laughs> that's that's good how can i show up for you what do you need from me and if that's quiet and if that's space great Quiet and space you get. Cool. And it all works out from there? Well, it does. It does. We're still together. And and you know, we have we have an awesome, awesome relationship. But it is it's a really powerful reminder for me mm. of my lived history. Yeah. And how it shows up yeah. in lots of different ways. And so substitute a relationship with work and you know, being being at the office. Yeah. And feeling that whenever the phone rings, that I've done something wrong. Yeah. And you jump in to check with everybody and everything every time to see if what's gone wrong is your fault <laughs> and if you did it and it's your fault. Exactly. Yeah. Or, and, and as an extension of that, yeah. if there's conflict, like not necessarily like conflict as in like fisticuffs, yeah. but if there's disagreement, then I must be wrong. Ah. That's a tough one to work through and yeah, yep. And so, you know, in, in that time, like all of these, all of these buttons, all of these things have, you know, obviously shame comes from my interpretation of an event that I've turned into a belief that yeah. then like I, I, you know, do that. Now that, now that I'm, I'm frenemies, I've actually named that, that guy the within villain. me. Yeah. Yeah. The villain. I've yeah. named him. Yeah, and his name is after the the guy in year nine when I was fourteen, who for a good 
like year, made my life hell. Yeah. And so I've named him Joe. Now, actually, thanks to, to you know, coaching that I've received, realize the power of reclaiming that part of me. Mm. And rather than do stuff to spite him, mm. which is to spite myself, mm. learn where Joe came from. And Joe was essentially a scared 14-year-old boy yeah. who wanted to, who wants to keep me safe. Yep. And essentially makes me panic, makes me sweat. So I just get the hell out of that situation. Do you turn to Joe with love and kindness and say, hey man, I, I yeah. see you, I feel you, I'm here, I get it. I'm I'm listening. My notes, like be it at work, in my 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 sort of loneliness work, like I I'm I'm a I'm a note writer to myself. Mm. And so I'd be like, right, like in a meeting or something, and like very important stuff is being said. And I would say something and I'm like, fuck, why did I say that? Mm-hmm. And so I would like, I'm, I'm drawing on the table. You can't see this. Um, but like a box and then write a little note to Joe in that box. Mm. It's like, it's okay. I'm here. Mm. I'm doing it. Mm. Like, yep, that was a pretty funny thing that I just said. Like, mm. we'll mm. laugh about it shortly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but we're still good. You're all, yeah. you're safe. Yeah. I'm safe. You're nice. safe. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. And then generally he calms down. Yeah. And I love you and life is silly. Yeah. And mm. and now, like, and, and I know, you know, Brene Brown says this a lot, like, you know, God, you're so stupid. Now I'm I'm like, I, I speak to myself as if like it's, you know, that I'm like one of my three-year-old kids, like mm. kids when they were three years old. Mm. And it's like, God, you're a bit of a duffer. What a deal. <laughs> That's a bit of a silly, a silly thing to say. Oh, you're yeah. broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you just, I'm just like, oh, oh, what a, what a bit of a silly thing to say. You're an absolute silly duffer. Yeah. And, and, and then so I'm like, oh God, that was a bit silly. But then, yeah. So, and then sometimes, so my, my relationship to shame is much better than what it was. And mainly because I've, done a shitload of work yeah but also learned where they came from learn and learn to listen to what my villain mm. like there's, mm. there's plenty in there mm-hmm. are trying to tell me and mm. give them like sit with them a moment mm. and and pay attention to what they're trying to do for me and then reassure them absolutely that they're okay yeah yeah that's wonderful. I'm so glad that you found that for yourself. I'm so glad it is effective. I am having a mental image of a business meeting with about eight people around a big table and a projector and everything or, or a computer and a, a screen. And um, you know, you fart and the director goes, what, what was that? And then he looks at you and you just like blush a little bit and you're like, I, I fluffed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's 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 pretty pretty accurate. He's just owned say, it. I except that I, 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 I'm I'm the director. Um, <laughs> and, Everyone's and, looking at you wide eyed. Yeah, and I'm like yeah yeah. And, and and so so as a consequence though, Ed, like mm. particularly offices are such a like workplaces are such a great example of of you know what happens when humans get together. Yeah. But as a result, like my relationship to shame and my own shame has influenced how I show up and how I create space for others mm. at work. Mm. 
at home um, and in the community. I was like, yeah, well, I've got shame. You have too. Yeah. It's kind of an evil way of modifying, pardon me, our behaviour. But we all got it. So, right. Like, you know, something happens. Like, you know, I'm not going to crucify you for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, like, yep, that could have been me. <laughs> that could have been me. Nice. And this is how I'm choosing to respond in that moment. And Lovely. It, it has been transformational. Yes, for- absolutely. And I would love to see it happen just in every company, everywhere. Just let people show up as perfectly imperfect because that's literally what we all are. Everyone, so many people in corporate are just stressing the fuck out that it's not okay to be who they are. It's not okay to be less than perfect. It's not okay to not love your soap company a hundred percent. But it is, it utterly, utterly is okay. (laughs) And it takes all of us to show up and demonstrate that it is okay and take a little bit of the seriousness away from it. Because there's a lot of us stuck in ourselves, desperately afraid and frightened that everything means something, this all has consequences and everything's not going to be okay or it isn't okay. I'm sorry, but it is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, it is okay. How could it be anything else? And sooner or later, we're all going to die, so who cares? Yeah. Yeah. In in five years' time, is this still going to matter? Yeah. In five hours' time, is this still going to matter? Yeah. And everything's been okay until now, right? Like we managed everything that we've managed until today. Huh. Yeah. There were a zillion times that we were worried about everything and we wondered, will it be okay? Am I going to be okay? And we're okay right now, which proves that the answer every single time until now has been yes. What makes you think it's not going to continue to be okay? That said, I think the level of worry that I do pretty much can generate enough electricity for us all to live off for a long time. Oh, really? You're still a big worrier? Uh, I can catch like catch myself now. Yeah. yeah. And just go, okay, all right, now. And then if I, you know, catch myself a second time, I'm like, all right, like take some breaths. Up. Yeah, speak yeah. up, take some breaths and stuff. But you know, everything, everything, you know, works out one way or another. Mm. But interestingly, when I respond from a place of shame mm. to try and fix it or something, mm. because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling shame, that's generally when the mistakes happen. Oh yeah, and you know, try and cover something up, try and deny something, try and you know, whatever it is, explain it away. Yeah, define that- it as something other than what it is. That's that's the thing that 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 usually usually slash always tra- uh, trips me up. Yeah, creates another problem. Yeah, and then I'm like, Ugh. so I'm much better now at going. You know what? No, like stop, apologize, work out where that came from, and then go on. Mm. Rather than like, no, it's not me. It's you. You're stupid. Um, <laughs> kind of response. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. It is lovely talking to you. Would you like to move on to the zany question round? <laughs> Do I get a buzzer or something? No. Uh, you just got to answer well, real I'm less quick. interested now. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, there's only one person. So how could you need a buzzer? Every question is a buzzer. <laughs> I'm guaranteed a prize. Great. I mean, 
the, the prize is the experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it, dude. All right. Let's go. Do you like coffee? Yes. Do you like anal sex? Yes. Pick one, centaurs or mermaids? Mm, can I choose mermaid? Yes. Right. Sexually? Yes. Oh, are you sure? No, yes. The answer was yes. What shoes are you wearing? Um, Birkenstocks. Why? Uh, they're warm and comfy. Birkenstocks are warm. Yeah, they're covered. They're like the Boston ones. Oh. I've had them since 1990. This is not a quick answer. Oh. Uh, but 90, I, I got these when I was a uni student in 1997. Uh-huh. It's 2022 now, and they've just been resold, mm. and they're still good to go for another 20-odd years. Hooray. That's awesome. Yeah, I, know. I love treasures. Yeah. I love minimalism, yeah. oh. and I love personal treasures. Oh, my God. I, yeah, love these shoes. Nice. Uh, pop yeah. music or another genre? Mm, I'm going to say pop music shits me. Mm. So it'd have to be another Another genre. genre. Nice. What's your usual Macca's order? A quarter pound of meal and a cheeseburger. Solid. Ooh, solid. Plus the burger. You fat fuck. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What is the gayest thing about you? That I am gay? Nice. What's the straightest thing about you? Um, I was going to say my shoes, but they're very lesbian. (laughs) <laughs> uh greatest so. thing about me yeah straightest thing about me i don't know like you have biological kids with a woman th- th- that's 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 very true and i i was married and yeah okay we'll go with that mm. that's see, that's a really tough question see i see it as like you wouldn't say the straightest thing about you is having kids because that is to suggest that gay people don't have kids or can't have kids, which is neither of those things are true. It's just not as common and it's not as default. But you have biological kids uh, that you co-parent with a woman. That is extremely, isn't it extremely straight? I don't think I'm saying anything unusual or um, harsh or unfair to say that that's quite a straight thing. Is is the stop clock tr- uh, stopped on the? Yeah, no, no, no. Let's talk about it. Let's around. talk about it. Yeah, because because the thing is, yeah, he like the straightest thing that I've done is convince myself and likely a lot of the world mm. that I was a straight white cisgendered man. Mm. You did it deliberately. Most straight men do it by accident. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's like... Yeah, you did you know, that for 30 years, wasn't it? More? Yeah, like longer. And that that at once is a huge source of shame. Mm. I'm not going to lie. Mm. Like That's the way you feel about it. Well, you know, again, it is, it is, it is, you know, it is what it is, but I don't want to say that as a dismissive and then let's move on to the next Yeah, question. but aren't you kind of proud of it? I mean, that was a lot of fucking effort. You, you did a great job well, of that. Maybe it wasn't yes, a good thing yes to do. Yes and no. Like, you did a great job. It was easy. It was easy, but the cost of being me has cost someone else mm. their, like, what they saw as their future too. That is a heavy burden. Mm. That is a heavy burden. And, indeed, that burden was one of the things that kept me straight because mm. I love her. Like the last thing you want to do is hurt someone who you love. And, you know, your 
you know, happy with, happy enough with. Mm. And no relationship is ever perfect. Mm. But the last thing you want to do is hurt the person you love the most. Mm. However, the, the person you need to love the most is yourself. Mm. And I wouldn't say that she doesn't love you anymore. Part of I know that this is fucking weird, but it's like she gets to have you as the gay man that you are, as well as she got to have you as the man that you were the whole time that she's known you. Nobody died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, you know. The perception of the future died. The dream mm. that perhaps was made foolhardishly, like if all of us are dreaming up the future and owning it and loving it and canoodling it, that thing might die, mm. and it'll be it, part of the blame will be on you for making it. We don't know what is going to happen. That's very true. Dream dreams, but like, just remember, you're deliberately dreaming dreams. You don't know what is going to happen. Exactly. So I'm going to, I keep choosing right then, but uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, the straightest thing, like possibly another answer, but like, I can't, like, I'm not good with cars. I'm not like, I drive them. If they don't work, I take them to people who know much more about them. Yeah. So there's nothing straight about yeah, that question. That, that question stumped me. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Because uh, mainly, mainly because I'm, uh, I'm having fun finally Finally, explore allowing myself to explore my gayness. Yeah, jumping back into considering what's straight about you seems very unfamiliar right now. That's right. Well, let's just say you stuck your dick in a lot of vagina. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> let's say you. that. Good yes. for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. If I identified as an omnisexual uni being, would you accept me? Yes. Hmm. Red apples or green? Red. Depends on what they're for. But red, red to eat. Okay. Do you gamble? No. Cereal, toast, or none? Both. Who's sexier, Bigfoot, Bigfoot, or a male version of Tinkerbell? My mind just went to Bigfoot. Then. Is that your final answer? But no. Let it go not. to Tinkerbell for a second. Come on. You know <laughs> the answer. You sure. know which one you but want. I you know i'm gonna well I'll, I'll say tinkerbell but as like frankly going back a couple of ways in the conversation if they're both themselves yeah. if they're not pretending to be anyone else yeah then who they are mm. like if it's if it's a male version of tinkerbell but you know he's unashamedly him yeah that stuff's sexy what they look what what he looks like you know ah. how how he acts how he dresses you know, gotcha. That's 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 a secondary consideration. So your answer could be whoever's owning it more. Whoever owns it more. <laughs> whoever is is more. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. What car do you drive? Uh, a Tucson. A Tucson. Oh, Tucson. I thought you said two cylinder. Yeah. I was like, Jesus, that's a small car. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Hyundai Tucson. Okay. How many With gay number plates? Oh yeah. How are they gay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. is it a Canberra thing? Yeah, yeah. So the ACT, actually, a friend of ours uh, designed rainbow plates for Canberra number plates. Oh, that's awesome. That's a way to be yeah. massively visible that just makes us so much more real. Love it. Exactly. Exactly. So we do. Nice. Yep. How many pairs of underwear do you own? Mm, probably, we're still like combined. Do you share, you share them with your partner? Yeah, yeah. We're the same size. Oh, Jesus. But do you swap yeah. even though, really? 
Yep. Oh, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I'm going to say, I don't know, maybe six, eight. Oh, and is this the bit where you tell me that they're the same brand, same style, and you both like them? No. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, yes, Dad's no. got a fetish yeah. for wearing his boyfriend's underwear. Pretty vanilla, but weird. We, no, we, we, we um, yes, that like they're, they're the same. Oh, uh, what are they? So, like, uh, I got um, Aussie Bums. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah, so they're so colourful, the pride ones, but the same size. Yeah, pride ones and jocks, like jock straps. Ah, jock straps, like the American jock strap, yeah. not the Australian drocks, which just means briefs. No, no, yeah, jock straps. All right, fascinating. Mm. Have you ever done drugs? No. Ooh. Is there anything else you wish to tell us about your underwear? If I wear it. Oh, okay. Mm, that's what I wear. What happens when we die? Uh, is this an underwear-related question? Wait, no. So with the underwear, is, is thing, this when I you, know, you the... wish you uh, listen to your mum? It's like wear clean underwear because you never know if you're going to be hit by a bus that day. Right. I thought when you said if I wear them, that was implying that you often don't wear underwear. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was, I was satisfied. Yeah. I was good. Okay, okay. We're moving on. Oh, you've right. ruined the podcast. No, cut. Cut. <laughs> cut. Take two. Edit it all. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. We fucked it. I did fine. It was you. No. <laughs> Shame response. <laughs> um, Two more. What happens when we? What happens when we die? Yeah. Yep. Whether we're in heaven or hell, I don't know. I'm not in a rush to find out. Mm, me neither. But I feel I feel that there's there's got to be something in like. At least there's something really powerful in your memory living on. Everyone's memory or your memory as a dead person? Uh, no, like my presence living on in other people's memory. Yeah, I love that one. You know, everyone who's passed on in my life, especially my previous two dogs that I grew up with, they live inside of me and I can talk to them anytime I want to. I actually i am looking at it right now on our dining room table. There's a candle mm. and it gets lit most days. Candles are really powerful. Um, and yeah, it's like my, my father passed away three years ago mm. and yeah, it's like the, the candle for him. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, if we're having a meal or whatever. You have a living connection. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's the candle. Nice. Do you love me? Yes. I love you too. <laughs> Are you just saying that? Cause it would be awkward. Huh? No, I love you. <laughs> You're like one of the things I love about you, Ed, is you're doing you. Yeah. And am I turning you on because you, of that? You're being you. Yeah, I try. You're being you in the world. I try. And it's that hard. Shit. Yes. I know it's hard. Yeah. But and I fucking love it. I love the courage. Mm. I love the courage. And I will throw a fucking ticker tape parade for anyone and everyone who shows up in the world as they are. Mm. Me too. It's fucking yeah. hard. Yeah. And I love it. But it gets I'm easier. For it. Just practice. Keep doing it. The sky doesn't fall in. The police don't arrest you immediately. Um, people don't no. come point their fingers at you and laugh at you. The phone doesn't ring and it's not your fault. You survive. Yep. But it is yep. scary. <laughs> but I want everyone, everyone to just show up. 
you are perfectly acceptable and good and whole exactly as you are right fucking now. What are we waiting for? I don't have any more time for fear and shame and other people's bullshit opinions and dumbassery to get in my way of living my life. And I don't want that shit to be in your way either. So just show up, please do your best. As soon as you're ready, you will. And as soon as you do, I'll see you. Well said. Well said. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. So Phil McAuliffe. Where can yes. people find you if they are suffering with loneliness, if they want to learn more about you, if they want are looking for a mentor or a service that has anything at all to do with being gay and lonely, uh, where might they find you? Uh, Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest, Twitter, LinkedIn, if we want to be serious about Shit, it. You're everywhere. Um, so it's at- I am. What, what is it for Speaking Instagram? of an omnipresent being. <laughs> you're um, an omnipresent uni um, being. <laughs> social, social media omnipresent be, uni being. Omnisocial. Um, yeah, yeah, so at the underscore loneliness underscore guy. Just type in the loneliness guy. That will come to me. Um, Google it. Uh, and yeah, so all about- Destigmatizing loneliness, which sounds very lofty, but if you realize that you're lonely and you go to do something about it, you whack right into the middle of the stigma of loneliness because it's fucking hard to acknowledge that we're lonely mm. um, because there's, you know, such judgment from others, but mainly from ourselves about what that means about us and that stigma that loneliness drips in is is the thing that actually stops you from getting the connection doing the things that you need to get the connection that you need and deserve mm. as a human and as a beautiful gay man experiencing loneliness mm. not a lonely gay man because that's a judgment mm. but a gay man experiencing loneliness yeah. loneliness is a transient state it doesn't have to be a default state mm. you don't deserve it mm. You deserve to move to learn from it and move on, but we need help to do that mm. because we can't do it alone, mm. uh, and that actually defeats the purpose of loneliness. <laughs> um, loneliness actually is telling you in a pretty uncomfortable shit way, but you don't get to choose it. Um, just like you don't get to choose how you feel happiness or sadness or grief mm. or joy or frustration, you don't get to choose it. <clears throat> but all loneliness is doing is trying is is getting your attention to say what you're feeling as connection or not right now is not doing it for you. Mm. You actually need the real connection that you need. And there's so much, so much shit that we put on to that that stops us and we've lost the ability, I feel, in gay communities to acknowledge it. And so many of us live in a state of chronic loneliness, mm. but every single one of us, because we're all human, experiences loneliness. But I'm here to actually have the conversation. Mm. And going back, and you might see in your notes there, Ed, mm. one of the things that I see all the time mm. is I get the 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 feedback. God, your stuff's really good. Oh, it's it's this, that, and the other thing. It will really help other people. To which I go, fuck no. You're other people. <laughs> yep. You're allowed to be other people. Yeah. You need to bring you are loneliness away from the third person, mm. he, she, it, mm. into the first person, mm. I. Mm. 
But also, and this is to our, generally to our American friends, I get the the feedback, yeah, loneliness, really? Loneliness is so, so depressing. It's so traumatising. It's so, like, negative. It's the, like, can't you just be, like, the the happy guy or the, um, the, 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 the connection guy? To which I say, you know, we don't get the light without knowing the dark. Mm. Connection is made so much more real, soul-nourishing and personable, personal to you, if you don't know what's causing your loneliness, you have to acknowledge it. You have to sit with it. Mm. You don't have to live there like so many of us do, mm. like I did for so long. Mm. You don't have to live there. Mm. You have to learn from it. You have to listen to it. You have to learn from it and then go doing connection. Yeah. It sounds like being the loneliness guy is calling out people in a way that perhaps they don't want to be called out and they want to hear the happiness guy, the connection guy. And then I can pussyfoot around to maybe listening to some of that guy's content. But you're there standing right in the open saying, I'm the fucking loneliness guy. Loneliness is what I talk about. It's what I do. It's what I solve. It's what I live and breathe for reasons. Obviously, you're also the happiness guy and the connection guy. (laughs) Otherwise, you'd probably yep. just cry in all of your media and not serve anybody. <laughs> but but that's the, that's the thing. I mean, like, tell me, tell me what loneliness looks like. Mm. And and you know, if you type in on your phone, like, type in lonely or loneliness, and look at the emoji. That wasn't me. Like, I I had the brilliant mask of you know. You had a beautiful smiling face. You know when that yeah. the, the giant smile that hits your mouth but never hits your eyes. The Luna Park smile. Oh yep. yeah. Fake, 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 dead, dead fake, inside. Fake, fake, but fake. presenting. Yep. There's so many fakers out there, man. As, Not showing up. Yep. And so I'm like, nah, if we're going to be here to destigmatize, just like the word gay was destigmatized, mm. gay and queer, whole heap of other words that and concepts that have been really deeply hurting, they get oh when we own them, when we allow them to be and take the power away from it, Mm. that's when we move forward. Mm. So I'm totally here, very publicly, going, yep, I'm gay, I get lonely sometimes, I have been lonely for a very long time, I'm still a pretty normally functioning human being, but by God, things change when I absolutely knew in my very core that me being me was still that I was worthy of love and belonging. Yeah. And not no no ifs, no buts, no if I put on or lost five kilos, if I I don't know, got like ripped or whatever it was, like I could allow myself to be and also, you know, be lonely and acknowledge that part of me. Yeah. Then yeah. And and it's hard. It's really hard. It's such a tough thing to to sit with. Yep. But the only way that I know how to do it is to to you know, be me and respond with kindness. But what if, what if we slept with a hundred guys, took all the drugs, Mm. went to every party, got totally ripped, knew all the popular songs, wore all the right clothes and had the right job and um, had the best house parties. Yeah. And and the car. Wait, wouldn't that be enough? Surely that's what I need to do, right? No, what you need to do is then holiday on the right Greek island. Oh, fuck. It's the holiday I didn't have. Yeah. I'm yeah. so tired. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So if you, if you did all of that, Ed, it would have been like damn it, nailed it, damn it. And and I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing what I do. I was so close to just being the correct gay. I was almost yeah, good yeah. enough. Yeah, there we go. And that's 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 the word. It's like if I do this, I'm going to be acceptable enough. Yeah. Fuck that shit. You're acceptable right now. (laughs) Thank you, Phil. You're an absolute joy to talk to. Your insight and your wisdom is very, very special, important, and powerful. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Ed. Thank you for holding the space for me and creating this space for everyone. Alrighty, thanks for listening, chaps. That was Phil McAuliffe and me, Ed Wilson, and this has been Gaberhood. Now that we're at about five episodes, I'm going to start taking the uh, sharing and spreading the good word a bit more seriously. So if you would like to please follow us at uh, Gaberhood Pod on Instagram. Um, or even better, please chuck us five bucks to keep making this podcast very producible at uh, patreon.com forward slash Gaberhood. That would be much appreciated. But even better than all of that, share it with a friend who you think might love it. I really appreciate your listening. And if you have comments, feedback, or a request, send it to edward at gaberhoodpodcast.com. Have a great day. Bye. Hooray! Thanks, Ed. Thanks. Bye.